What are the latest trends associated with data breach litigation? I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Attorney John Yanchunis of the law firm Morgan & Morgan's Complex Litigation Group. John will be speaking to us about the trends in litigation involving data breaches. So, John, I understand that you're going to be representing clients in a new privacy, security, data breach-related litigation soon. What can you tell us about the case? What was the incident involved? This is the second case I filed on the same issue. It involves ransomware. That is where a cyber criminal is able to lock up a computer system of affecting consumers, although it's of a particular company. Uh, I filed a case against Allscripts earlier this year, and this new one is very similar. Cybersecurity criminal got in, has locked up the computer of system of this retailer, and it's caused substantial damage to consumers and other businesses who use that as a platform. So, John, what can you tell us about the sort of damages? Was it sort of a disruption to operations? Was it personal data being exposed? What can you tell us? As far as we know, it didn't expose any data, but it took down a marketplace where businesses and consumers did business and caused financial injury. And each of these consumers that we represent can show the loss of income for the period of time that the ransomware was in place and before it was removed. In connection with the Allscripts case, which we filed earlier, and I can talk about this in greater detail, doctors and physician groups all around the country for a period of eight days were unable to access their calendar, patient records, as well as do any billing. So you can imagine doctors who typically will reach out to patients to say, Remember, come in tomorrow or the next day for your appointment. Uh, They had no idea who was showing up. They had no idea when a patient showed up, what that patient's medical history was, unless they could recall from memory. Had no idea what prescriptions that patient had taken, as well as the inability of being able to bill for any of those services. They also could not document, as many government health plans require, like Medicaid, Medicare, through electronic means, the, the fact that they were seeing these individuals. So when the system went back online, they had to take their handwritten notes and translate that to electronic records. So it caused doctors to incur both additional expense as well as lost time that they would have otherwise been used to render care to patients. So ransomware is becoming a a bigger problem affecting more consumers than simply the target business. And the Allscripts suit involved you representing the physicians that were impacted? the physicians and physician groups. That case is filed in U.S. District Court in Chicago. So, John, you've also represented plaintiffs in other data breach-related lawsuits in the past, including a class action lawsuit that was filed in 2015 in the wake of the Primera Blue Cross cyber attack that impacted 11 million individuals. Very briefly, what is the status on those class action cases against Primera, and what lessons have emerged from that situation that others could learn from in terms of security issues that perhaps organizations are not focusing enough on? As you and your listeners may know, that uh, the Primera case, along with the case in U.S. District Court in Buffalo against Excellus, was filed in the wake of the Anthem data breach. Anthem is a facilitator of information for the Blue Cross Blue Shields around the country, and Anthem was uh, fully 
litigated up until the motion for class cert had been decided. Uh, that case has been settled. Excellus and Primera are still in litigation in their respective forums. I think what a company can learn from those cases, as well as all the other retail data breach cases, Arby's, Wendy's, the one we fought recently against Hudson Bay involving Saks and Lord & Taylor, uh, the Chili's case that uh, we filed, is that companies need to spend time and money and focus on their cybersecurity. If a business, whether it be a hospital insurance company or a retailer, collects information from consumers that can be monetized by a cyber criminal. A certain amount of money and time and effort needs to be spent so that best practices have been implicated or imposed in their cybersecurity system so that information is well protected from intrusion and exfiltration. And in each of these instances, we found both in the litigation and as well as uh, preliminarily before we file a case that a company was not using best practices. And many times when we get into a case, we find out that there were warning signs, both internally and externally, that were just simply being ignored about the lack of good quality cybersecurity program. So now, John, you mentioned settlements. What sorts of trends are we seeing when it comes to the settlements in these data breach-related cases? And what are plaintiffs being expected to show in terms of evidence of harm. Are there any trends there? For instance, are courts still expecting to see some kind of evidence of injury to plaintiffs like fraud or ID theft that comes from personal information floating around? Or is it enough for plaintiffs to show that there could be some potential harm in the future? I think probably all of that. I think the trend in the circuit courts of appeal have been to follow what Judge Coe did in the Northern District of California, which was picked up in the Neiman Marcus and P.F. Chang decisions out of the Seventh Circuit, and that is when information is exposed, if people act to protect themselves, then that's sufficient damage or injury to establish injury, in fact, under Article III, which is required in federal court, not in state court. So, for instance, if in connection with a retail data breach, information like credit card information and your name is exfiltrated and a consumer, one cancels the card, takes the time to engage with the retailer or the credit card brand that that person had to cancel the card. If they go out and they sign up for identity theft protection and and even pay for it, those are the types of injuries that uh, federal courts have begun to recognize, as well as lost time. I mean, time is compensable in this country. It's one of the foundations of how the American worker is paid. And to have to take away from their normal day to react to a data breach to protect themselves has been found by a number of circuits around the country to be injury, in fact, to give Article Three standing in data breach cases. John, when it comes to settlements, what sort of trends are we seeing here? Are organizations becoming more willing to settle in these cases rather to you know see them through? Are they getting pressure perhaps by their cyber insurers to settle these cases rather than to sort of drag it out in court for a long time? Well, I think that there's, that there's always economic exposure which drives companies to resolution plus the uh, expense to litigate a case that they are going to eventually lose or at least there's a chance in, in their mind that they're going to lose. And to date, at least every case I have filed, trying to think if I've lost one, 
Well, I've lost one. Every other one has gone to a settlement on a class basis. John, you had mentioned ransomware. We're also starting to see, at least lately, makers of mobile health apps and fitness apps and these apps that run either on a fitness device or maybe on a cell phone. And these companies having instances where data maybe on the website is not being protected or the data on the app itself, personal information there gets exposed. What sorts of trends you expect that we might see when it comes to these sort of mobile apps and particularly with health information, but it might not be covered under HIPAA. Maybe it's covered, you know, by the FTC in terms of scrutiny. What, what sort of trends might we see here, do you think? I think if we recognize that information is the currency of the 21st century, certainly that's true of so many businesses like Facebook, Amazon, Google, Yahoo, then if you recognize that information can be monetized both for good purposes as well as nefarious purposes, and there are cyber criminals out there on the Internet constantly thinking of ways that they can get into various devices, and you mentioned a number of them, to gain information and then to monetize that to the damage of both the business as well as the consumer Anything that is connected to the Internet or can be accessed by the Internet that contains information of some value or great value is capable of being penetrated. And any company that manufactures and sells that device for storage of information, and you mentioned a number of them in your question, are all vulnerable and those companies need to take and engage in best practices to protect that information. And we continue to see on a daily basis any number of problems where companies either for disregarded or been negligent or whatever have taken, not taken appropriate steps. You're seeing and reading about these data breaches. And, you know, this remains a, a fertile field for lawyers like me who advocate privacy interest on behalf of consumers. And states are taking greater interest in protecting consumers. The state of Illinois, for instance, passed the Biometric Information Privacy Act, and we're now beginning to see a lot of claims arising out of that act. Other states, like New York and certainly California, are, again, increasingly taking an interest in consumers' privacy and passing new legislation. And finally, John, very briefly, if there's one bit of advice that you would have to consumers who have been impacted by data breaches, whether it's, you know, through a ransomware attack or, you know, a health data breach or, you know, any of these mobile app sort of incidents we're seeing, what is your number one advice to consumers when it comes to protecting their data? My number one piece of advice is be careful what you give to anyone and make a decision whether or not the company or business or person who seeks your information if it's necessary. And as a corollary, what are they doing with that information? Are they using it for their business? Are they using it to sell it to someone else or some other business? And then natural corollary of that is what is that business or person doing to protect your information? All too often, Consumers don't ask those questions until 
they receive that data breach notice that their information has been exfiltrated and perhaps even caused damage through false credit being opened up their name or runs on their credit card and then having to deal with the wreckage from that is both time-consuming, aggravating, and can be permanent. Thanks, John. I've been speaking to Attorney John Yanchunas. I'm Marianne Kobasak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.